Melissa Mays and her sons were dramatically affected by the lead in Flint's water. She says she now takes 18 separate prescriptions just to stay alive. On this episode of Created Equal, we hear from one of the most outspoken activists in Flint, Melissa Mays. We founded on the principle, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. That all men are created equal. Our next guest is Melissa Mays. She is the founder of What Are You Fighting For? A wonderful play on words. Uh, She has three kids and takes 18 separate prescriptions to stay alive. She also coordinated legal efforts to force Michigan to replace lead-infected water lines here in the city of Flint. Melissa, welcome to the show. Let's give her a hand. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, you went viral uh, early on for being out front and really vocal about all of this. Uh, tell, us the, tell us the story of how this crisis came to affect you. So I wasn't born in Flint, so I, we moved up here in 2001. My job had transferred me, and we're from the south, so we had well water, which was like the worst. So we get city water, and we're like, wow, this is so different. It doesn't smell like rotten eggs. It's, it's great. This is wonderful. Our water was fine. Uh, 2014, they switched to the Flint River. I'm like, okay, it smells gross, but you all have a treatment plant and you say that it's gonna be just fine, you know more than me, my background, my degrees are in business and PR um, and marketing. So, um, you know, I don't know anything at the time about water treatment or water chemistry and how badly it can go when you don't do your jobs. So, you know, we, we didn't really have discolored water and that's unfortunate because the people who had orange and brown water were lucky. And I know that sounds really weird, but the orange and brown water is iron corrosion. And that's a heads up, because people weren't sitting here chugging glasses of brown water. We were drinking clear water. And unfortunately, lead, a lot of bacteria, and a lot of contaminants, they have no color, no odor, no taste. So as I was working out in the gym with a friend of mine, um, going four to five days a week, filling up my gallon jug, because I didn't believe in bottled water. I didn't want somebody else. I was like, my water's just fine. They say it's just fine. So I was filling that up before going to the gym. And I was working with a nutritionist. I was on no medications. And, and I drank a gallon to a gallon and a half of water a day because I was trying to be healthy. And I uh, guess that got me pretty good. Same with my kids. Didn't let them have pop. Didn't let them have the sugary juices. They were outside running around playing in the water, in the pools, in the, in, and you know, washing the car, doing all the things that you would in water, not knowing how bad it actually was. My young, our youngest, my husband's here, um, and he's uh, to, who I credit for the name What Are You Fighting For? He's an artist and does all of our artwork and website and came up with the name. I only came up with Flintgate for my Twitter because I was like, that's kind of clever because Watergate was taken, ha ha. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so our youngest got pneumonia September of 2014. Um, our middle child that same month had fallen off his bike and his wrist buckled, his, the bones in his wrist buckled, didn't know why had no clue. And the doctor didn't know. We were lucky, however, that um, our pediatrician uh, gave my, our, our son the uh, right antibiotic, because there's only certain antibiotics that work with Legionnaires. Um, we don't know if he had Legionnaires. We'll never know, because the antibodies only last in your system for a year. So by the time it all broke, it was past a year that my, my son, and I think about it, he could have died. He could have died. You know, we didn't know. And because usually the doctors don't ask you about Legionnaires unless you have a hot tub or near a commercial air conditioner, which we don't. And, uh, but we do shower. 
and uh, despite some news reports, we, we, we are clean people. Um, so, um, so yeah, January of 2015, I was actually going through my third round of antibiotics for an upper respiratory infection that wouldn't go away. Got the letter in the mail that said, dear resident, for the past nine months, your water has been contaminated with a cancer-causing byproduct called total trihalomethanes. Didn't know what that word meant. Hit Google, because that's what you do. And um, it said, but just probably fine. Check with your doctor. I called my doctor, and he said, I have no idea what that is. And, you know, come in, let's do some tests. And that's when they started noticing the autoimmune stuff. And, you know, I started having the tremors, seizures, all these things started happening. Um, well, that January 9th, I believe, um, we, uh, we were looking online to see if other people on Facebook were talking about it. Saw a first post for a protest, which was put up actually by, um, I manage bands and I was a tour manager for years as well. Um, she actually was doing a protest. I'm like, oh, that's kind of scary. Those people are kind of nuts. The media made them look crazy. I don't want to go to jail. But he, uh, my husband Adam made like the coolest um, protest posters ever. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to take off work. Let's go. You know, <laughs> let's go do this. And we did in the snow. It was freezing. And then I realized meeting people like Tony Palladino and uh, our council person, Eric Mays, and all all of these other people that lived different parts of towns, different ages, races, genders, same problems, losing their hair, rashes, headaches, tremors, stomach problems. And so, you know, in my head, I'm a, I'm a nerd. I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, an artist. So we started doing, and I used to say bootleg epidemiological study, but I was told by um, a, a PhD that I actually adore, it's called public epidemi or um, uh, popular epidemiology. We started charting and making maps about where the water problems were, the dis different places where there's discoloration, the different places where people were having health problems in conjunction, and we were also tracking costs. So, and this map was used in actually a few studies, and actually it's how we set up the study um, down the line for the Virginia Tech testing, was we decided to show that it wasn't just one area, it's the entire city. So that's kind of how it just snowballed and actually reached out during that time in January to Erin Brockovich, because that's what you do when you have bad water. <laughs> and she connected me with uh, Bob Bocock, who then I started getting documents from the water treatment plant, sending them to him. I have no idea what I'm looking at, what raw water data means and the different chemicals they put in every month. And so he started explaining, this is bad. And he came to Flint <laughs> Valentine's Day. We did a huge march. 10 degrees, snow blowing sideways, he's from California. <laughs> Sorry, Bob. And taught every word that comes out of my mouth, science came from Bob and Aaron. And um, he's the one on Valentine's Day that told us, you know, about what orange and brown water meant, but how clear water was way more dangerous and deceptive and that we needed to start testing for lead. So yeah, at the end of February we, of 2015, we went door to door taking these test kits that we got from um, the, the plant supervisor at the water treatment plant because they live in Flint and wanted answers as well. And they already knew and nobody was listening to them. So we decided, all right, well, we got to be our own media. We got to be our own scientists. And so we started going door to door and it's not stopped. Um, 1,905 days later. Wow. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> in April of this year, uh, you told NPR, in some ways we're better. In other ways, we're forever poisoned, damaged, traumatized. That's not ever going to be better. No. I mean, we're better in the fact that it's shown a light on the absolute destructive policies that are in place, like the emergency manager law. I mean, that's how you wreck a city. That's how you bankrupt a city, and that's how you get rid of a city. That's how you empty out a city. You take away their democracy, they, you take away their voices, and you make the policies all point towards the bottom line. Uh, March of 2015, there was a vote by city council to get off the Flint River. The emergency manager said, no, it's too expensive. 
did not care that people were dying, did not care that you know, January of 2015, I went to my first city council meeting ever and was talking about all the health problems and all of the data that we gathered and demanded an epidemiological study, which a month before that, didn't know what that was. Um, but that's one of the things that we had pushed for, which we still don't have. Like right now, I, you know, I, I'm on a, a liquid soft food diet for the next uh, four to uh, nine months because I've got I, diverticulitis in my gallbladder. And when you talk to other people, you know, there's people that are younger than me, I'm 40, that have lost their gallbladders already because it's your filter having liver problems, having kidney problems, bladder problems, because you drink lead and these other contaminants, and it's just going to wreck everything as you go. And then also the tremors, the weird MRIs, the, the fact that, you know, we have all of these similar things, and we're screaming for people to listen to us and hear us. And the CDC came in because the state didn't ask them until April of 2016, did a CASPER study, which went door to door to ask questions. 90% of people had rashes and other health problems. But because nobody cares, you know, that, that to go further, there's nothing that came of it besides, okay, well, we'll get some funding to figure out what's going on with these rashes. Nothing. Nothing happened. We begged. We tried to apply for funding ourselves for, um, for water testing in conjunction with blood, skin, hair, toenail testing. Because toenails should go back 18 months to show not only what you're contaminated with, but what your body load, what your body's holding on to. We've asked for bone scans. We've asked for all of these things. And no. Sorry. And so, so that's how we're not better because, you know, we would love to get up and take care of ourselves, but we are, I have no health insurance. As loud as my mouth is and with all of my problems, I have to pay for my prescriptions, my visits. I was ordered to go have another ultrasound. I can't afford it. I have to wait and save up for it. I have to call around to say, what's the best deal you can give me on an abdominal ultrasound? So it's kind of hard to take care of yourself and that whole pull yourself up by your bootstraps when they won't even give you your boots. You don't even have that. And of course, that's obviously, you know, not even possible. It's a ridiculous statement. But the fact of the matter is that we're not better because they won't let us be better. They're doing everything to knock us down. Tell us everything is fine. We're, we're hearing on the news, oh, your water's fine. My shower this morning smelled like burnt hair and ammonia. What's that? Nobody can tell me. Nobody can tell me why. We're still getting the, the bacterial infections. My husband had some massive two back-to-back. -back. He had to get um, uh, injection antibiotics for bacterial infections. Nobody wants to talk about it. They want us to shut up and go away. But thankfully, we have some loud people. So, <laughs> As newsrooms across the country close their doors, independent and unbiased journalism is more crucial than ever. We rely on you just like you rely on us. This spring fundraiser, join us in protecting public media. Your support keeps us thriving. Invest in WDET's next chapter at WDET.org or tap donate in our mobile app. Um, I, I wonder if you can talk about, as a mom, uh, how this has affected your family or children. Dr. Mona uh, said it's mothers in every story that, that end up being the champions here. Uh, moms fighting for their kids and fighting for every other kid. These moms are experts. Um, and that's awesome because it's true. Like, I know my kids. I know what's going on with my kids. I actually, so I, I do, so I have two jobs and I, um, I do social work for our community mental health. And it's, it destroys my heart every day I go into work because mothers are like, they're telling me that my kids are bad that they have, you know, oppositional, oppositional defiance disorder. And I, my kid's not, he's not getting it. So now we have a screening process through lawsuits because anything we have, by the way, was not given to us. We had to sue for it, which is absurd. To get the pipes replaced, we had to sue for 18 months and then go through three months of hell, pardon me, um, that was, which was mediation, to be told basically we're, we're, we're not worth any money, okay? Uh, mind you, 
We also get told, and as a mother, it kills me, that they're just like, well, you should have known, you should have taken better care of your children. It's your fault this is happening. You guys are poor in Flint. You get what you deserve. Maybe you shouldn't be buying them TVs and cell phones and paying your water bill. Number one, if I wasn't paying my $300 a month water bill right now, uh, I want my water would be shut off and I wouldn't be poisoned. So how about that? Hooray. Um, also, bite me because they told me these experts are supposed to be smarter than me with my business degrees, they've got their science degrees, that everything was fine. And so now that everything's not fine, that they're saying that it's fine, still fine, always apparently fine, or not as bad as you think it is, <laughs> my sons who had no medications, they took gummy vitamins, gave them all the water I could. You have no idea what it's like, unless you live here, um, to sit there and see your children crumble, to see your sons grow up. They're six foot one. They're six foot and six foot. I have three beautiful boys. One of them hates his hair because it's, it fell out and it started growing back completely different. And he didn't have his long rocker hair that he loved. It now grows out like this. And it bothers him because he's 16 and he worries about his appearance. Um, my youngest, got, he, he hates taking showers because he thinks that the water makes him smell worse than he would not showering. He's 15, he's, you know, gross, he's a teenage boy. But then on the other hand, he comes out with rashes. Hurts my eyes, mom. Gives me a headache, mom. And I'm like, okay, so we have this like Frankenstein double showerhead filter my husband has to invent to, you know, to try to make it less horrible on them. But there's no showerhead filters that filter out all of the contaminants we have to deal with, or tap filters, by the way. So also I have an issue with the, the all filters. Anyhow, so I mean, I'm seeing my kids taking these medications. I'm seeing my sons. I just had to take my youngest to the neurologist. I sat there just furious because one, I feel guilty. I'm like, I, I should have just given them Mountain Dew. I should have just given them pop. I should have just did this. But no, I'm trying to be a good mom. You know, I mean, I, <laughs> these are my pride and joy. And, and, and you know, you can poison me, whatever. I, you know, at the time I'm like, I'm 36, I'm old. I've lived a good life, it's fine. But you mess with my babies. And they worked so hard to get into dual enrollment schools, to get college classes at the same time they're taking high school classes. And now I'm watching them struggle, needing tutors, possibly failing, beating themselves up because they can't remember the stuff they did the night before, or they can't sit there and focus in class, or they're too sick and tired. My kids miss so many days of school because they can't get out of bed. They walk like they're 80. Two of my sons have really expensive orthotics in their shoes. They have to because they're not growing right. Because here's something nobody talks about. Everybody focuses on the kids that are under the age of six because, by the way, that's the only research that's been done about lead. Um, so my sons, if, if, you, if you're between the ages of nine and 14, your growth plates are open and spongy. Your growth plates are from your neck down to your feet and allow your muscles and your joints to grow and stretch along with those bones when you hit those really expensive growth spurts where you don't know who your kid is the next day because he's now six foot. Um, my sons and so many other children's uh, when med, uh, metals like lead um, get stored in those open spongy growth plates and cause them to harden prematurely. So my sons had to go through physical therapy and be in suffering pain to have somebody else pull their joints and muscles for them. So yeah, there are no words. There are no words. And when you hear, get over it, Flint's better. What do you guys, you guys have your hand out. You guys aren't doing enough. Well, first of all, the people are doing all, pretty much all of it because the state who did this to us is in charge of our recovery, which is why we don't have one, and will not give us the things that we need. So, you know, as we're watching individually, we're watching the suffering, we're watching our neighbors. We're watching how, wow, I've had a lot of neighbors die. What's going on with that? You know, and then you're watching these things clear out. And okay, now we've got blight. We have empty houses. People lost their house because they couldn't pay their water bill. This, this, that, and all the other things. And you're just like, there's too many things to start with, but you start at home. You start with the health and you start with what's coming through your taps. And you're like, okay, this has to stop. So, um, so yeah, as a mom, that's why I did this. 
I, I've never done, you know, protesting or anything, speaking out, policy, politics was not my thing, music was. And so, yeah, as a mom, I'm like, I can't let you do this to my sons anymore, and I can't let you do this to anybody else's sons or daughters. Thank you. Thank you. Lastly, I wonder what you think has to happen. The thing I hear in your voice and feel from you just sitting next to me is not just anger or frustration, but but deep distrust. Oh. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it seems as though that, that this has caused that distrust. But, you know, the question is always then what has to happen or what could happen that would make you trust again? Um, well, first would be the easy answer. Replace every single piece of destroyed infrastructure from the water treatment plant all the way up to every single tap, every single fixture in the house, every single appliance, everything that got wrecked. That's just common sense. We had to sue and all we could get was service lines because the Safe Drinking Water Act doesn't cover anything else. But it doesn't matter. You broke it, you fix it. Okay, easy, easy solution. I will not trust the water until that happens. I actually was asked, what will it take for you to trust the water? Mm-hmm. Every single piece of plumbing, gone. That was wrecked. And then, um, then also, uh, every single home tested for all dangerous contaminants and coming back zero. And then I'll, I said, then I'll think about it. But also to trust the people, that's going to be interesting for me. Experts are enclosed in their little box. The people, the residents of Flint are the actual experts. If you go door to door like we have, the people that you hear, the words, the chemistry, the, the laws, the policies that we've all had to study and learn, even if we didn't want to, I didn't want to, um, that made us the experts. Our lived experience, even if we don't know the right words, made us the experts. We are open to learn, so please use our expertise. But instead, and that's another issue with the media, is that they go to the PhDs who go with what they know. But they also don't live here, and they also don't see this firsthand. And then they refuse, and they try to shut down the residents. And that's another reason why there's only 15 to 20 of us, because a lot of people gave up or got too sick, got tired of being ignored, or got run off. Listening to us, doing what we need you to do, giving us health insurance for God's sake. I'm seeing too many people like suffer and die because of this. Not making us pay these insanely ridiculously expensive, the most expensive in the United States, water bills for this. Giving us back our bottled water until all the infrastructure is replaced. And then even then, I want a whole home filtration system because I'm not gonna trust a damn thing you put through those pipes. And then, you know what, everybody get out. I want to see people in jail for what they did because that tells us that you're not allowed to poison us and get away with it. our lives actually mean something. So until those things happen, I'm not trusting anything anybody says unless they hand me a stack of black and white facts so I can read it myself and make my own decisions. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was afraid. No, 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 I apologize. Most amazed. Thanks very much Thank you. Uh, for being here. Melissa Mays is a mother of three, a water activist in Flint, and founder of the group Water You Fight For. On the next episode of Created Equal, we'll hear from the public radio reporter who documented exactly what happened in Flint, step by step, in an award-winning documentary. The failure of the EPA, and specifically of the DEQ, if they had done their job correctly, then the water crisis wouldn't have happened. Created Equal is a production of WDET, Detroit's NPR station. Our executive producer is Joan Cherry Isabella. Our producers are Elena Fruget, Jake Neer, and Anna Marie Seisling. Our sound engineers are Matt Trevethan, 
Rowan Niamisto and Rasan Cherry. Senior editor and musical composer is Sam Bobian. Our digital and social media team is Maida Stangi, Shiraz Ahmed, and Tony Brown. I'm your host, Stephen Henderson.